This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So David told Goliath, you think the battle is my battle? But the battle is the Lord's battle. And you think that you're defying Israel, you're defying God. And you think this is all about me that's going about to defeat you? The Lord's gonna deliver you into my hand. In essence, what he was saying, David was saying to Goliath was, you think this is all about Goliath versus David? It's not, it's Goliath versus God. And that's what Moses needed to see. Moses thought that him going to Pharaoh was gonna be Pharaoh versus Moses, and God was telling him, no, Moses, it's gonna be Pharaoh versus God. And when God told Moses in verse 12, certainly I will be with thee, God was telling Moses, Moses, stop looking at Moses and start looking at God. And this is not about was Moses able to bring Israel out of Egypt? This was about was God able to bring Israel out of Egypt, Israel out of Egypt? Now Moses moves on, okay, he moves on to the next problem. And what you can see Moses, he's kind of starting to imagine, walk himself through all of this and saying, okay, now where's my next problem? And he says, okay, I'm going into Egypt and I see now that I've gotten the Jewish people, the elders together, and I gotta convince Israel that God's gonna bring them out of Egypt. And Moses remembers what happened the day that he killed that Egyptian, the day after, rather. You know, he killed the Egyptian because there were two Jewish men who were arguing the day afterward. After he kills the Egyptian, he sees two Jewish men who are arguing. He steps in to try to resolve the problem between the two Jewish men. Jewish men never argue, so this was very unusual. But anyway, (laughs) so in Exodus 2.13, it says, when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to the one that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? 
Intendest thou to kill me? Is thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. So Moses remembers that day clearly, even though it was 40 years ago. And when Moses stepped in in an argument between these two Jewish men, and he tries to stop the one man from hitting the other man, and then these words that shocked Moses, who made you a prince and a judge over us? And so now he's took those words this is gonna be, that's gonna be what they're gonna say to me. They're gonna say it all over again. They're gonna, when I go there, now it's 40 years later, but I go there and they're gonna say, well, who made you the prince and the judge? Who made you the leader over us? See, just like it was of the Lord. In John 1.11, John 1.11 is kind of like Moses. Moses came unto his own, and he is afraid his own is gonna receive him not. That's what happened with the Lord in John 1.11. He came unto his own, his own received him not. Well, the whole reason that Moses killed the Egyptian and tried to stop the one Jewish man from beating another was because even though Moses was the son of Pharaoh's daughter and was raised an Egyptian, Moses saw the Jewish people as his people. Moses came unto his own, and his own received him not. And so now, Moses is now trying to raise to God this issue. He's saying, they won't accept me. They won't accept me. They're gonna do the same thing to me now that they did 40 years ago. They're gonna challenge me with this who made you routine. Who made you a leader and a prince and a ruler over us? Now, that was a question that Moses got 40 years ago, and he couldn't answer that question. Moses couldn't answer that question 40 years ago, and he doesn't think, I'm not gonna be able to answer it now. Who made you a prince and a ruler over us? So God gives Moses the answer, and the answer is God made you a prince and a ruler and a judge and a leader. So Moses understands this. So Moses now, he's thinking, okay, I'm gonna go back to Israel. It's after 40 years, and at least I got that answer. Okay, I got that answer. And Moses is gonna say, the God of your fathers, the God of your fathers, he's made me the prince and the judge and the leader over Israel. Okay, well, it was pretty rough 40 years ago, but when, when Israel asked Moses that question, who made you a prince and a judge over Israel? And Moses, he doesn't want to have another question. He doesn't want to have another question he doesn't have an answer to. That was embarrassing. You know, he doesn't want to go through that again. So he's, he's sitting there thinking, now let me see now. What question could the Jewish people ask me? You know, I'd be really embarrassed if I don't know the answer. And Moses says, yeah, I know what they're going to ask me, and I'm not going to know the answer. They're going to ask me, Verse 18, Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, they shall say to me, What's his name? What's his name? What shall I say to them? What shall I say to them? He says, Yeah, that's it. That's what's going to happen. Then they asked me the question last time. It was real embarrassing. They're going to ask me another question now, and I'm going to stand in front of them, and I'm going to say, The God of your fathers sent me, and they're going to say, Yeah, the God of our fathers, okay, what's his name? And Moses realized, says, well, I don't know. I'll go back, I'll ask him, I'll be right back. And they say, yeah, buddy boy, you come back here when you find out his name. He doesn't want to go through that. He doesn't want to go through that. So he's saying, what shall I say? What shall I say? And so Moses gets the answer from God in verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So Moses hears God give the answer. When they ask you what God's name is, you just tell them, I am that I am. I am has sent you. Can you imagine him hearing that? And he says, what do I mean answer is that? You know, he'd say, he'd say, I am that I am. I am. I'm going to tell him, I am has sent me unto you. They're going to say, yeah, you need to go see the, 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 the man over there who deals with mental problems over there. I mean, you know, Moses just thought about that. What does that mean? 
Uh, what does the name I am mean? And so, you know, you think about it, and Moses says, oh, yeah, I know. It's a, I am means he has no beginning. I am means he has no ending. It, it just means God is. God is. It means that God's outside of our ability to define him. He's outside of the, our ability to put boundaries around him and say, okay, this is God, and God is boundless, and he can't be limited by a definition. So to say that God is, that I am, is a perfect description for what they needed to know. They needed to know that God, because he is everything, because he, he can do anything, and nothing is impossible for God to do, so his name is I am. So that's the message. He says, okay. Just like when Moses came there and he saw that bush, and the bush was burning, but it wasn't burning up. And he's looking at that bush, and he says, i never seen anything like this before. It just keeps burning and burning. It doesn't burn up. That's like God. That's like God. So to say that when God says, I am that I am, it means you can't put any definitions, limits on God's ability. I am defines the eternity of God's person there. It's got no beginning. It's got no end. It's boundless. It's kind of like the almighty. It means boundless of power. All right, then God further goes on to give another name for Moses to take to them. And he says in verse 15, God said, moreover unto Moses, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So now God tells Moses, look, I got another name. I've got another name that I've chosen for myself. Only God can choose the names. He, I got another name that I've chosen for myself, and here it is. It's the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And God says to Moses, that's my name. That's my name. And then God says, that will be my name forever. And he uses the word olam. He says, which means, olam is a Hebrew word. It means uh, beyond the vanishing point of what you can see. In other words, it means eternity, or it means farther than your eye can see. And so then God tells Moses, look, that's my name. It's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and that's, that's the name that I have chosen. I've chosen that. Think of it. God has chosen that name forever to be his name, and then he says, I want to be remembered that way. That's going to be my memorial unto all generations. I want it to be remembered that way. Now, for us, this is pretty amazing because that God would choose this name, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob for himself, for all eternity, for all eternity, and is the name that God wants to be known for for generations then we make think, well, you know, what do we learn about how God is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of, of Jacob? Where do we find out about that? The book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, which is why I've spent the last five years going verse by verse through the first 45 chapters of Genesis, generating about 8,000 pages of notes. But apart from that, I'm just beginning. You can't get enough of Genesis. You cannot get enough of the book of Genesis because this is the histories there of how God is the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And especially when you think about Jacob, oh, Jacob, he's really something. I mean, of all the three men, the three men, they were not great in themselves. But of all the three men, especially Jacob was not great in himself. But it's these histories in the book of Genesis about how God was 
the God of Abraham and how he was the God of, of timid Isaac and how he's the God of impetuous, impetuous Jacob that leads us to see why God chooses this name for his name forever, that he's gonna be known as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and Jacob, that's his name forever. He says, I want you to remember me forever as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As a matter of fact, this place here in verse six, this is the first time in the Bible that God has called himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. First time. And now that was something for Moses as he's thinking about that. And he thinks, oh, that's a great, perfect name. That's a good name. Because by calling, by God calling himself the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, that's calling back to everybody's mind the promise that God made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, the same promise. And it was the promise that Joseph held on to. This was so important. It was Joseph's last words when he was dying was this promise in Genesis 50, verse 24. Genesis 50, verse 24, Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. As nice as, as Joseph had made it for the Jewish people, as nice as he had it, he was a ruler, by giving, and he gave the Jewish people the best land, in the land of Goshen, Joseph told them, God is going to visit you. He's gonna bring you out of this land. He's gonna bring you to the land that he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was so important for Joseph that his people remember his words that God was gonna bring them out, that he said, I wanna, I'm taking an oath from you. I'm making you swear to me. You know, you know get, get a Bible out, put your hand on it. I want you to swear to me, it says in verse 25 of Genesis 50. Genesis 50, verse 25. These are his last words. Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from hence. And right now they're discovering all new tombs throughout Egypt and they discover this tomb and that tomb and they can discover all they want. They'll never find Joseph's bones in any of those tombs in Egypt because Joseph made Israel swear that they would take his bones out of Egypt and bury them in the land of Canaan, which they did. And he says, my bones gotta come out of here. So that's what happened. And he makes his people swear to carry his bones out of Egypt and carry them. So for 400 years, or less than that, but around that, 400 years, the children of Israel are taking care of these bones He's bones of Joseph until the day when God's gonna bring him out. Those bones, he being yet dead, his bones are speaking. His bones are speaking. God's gonna bring you out of here and you have to take my bones out of here. And it specifically talks about on the Passover night that when they left Egypt, they got the bones of Joseph. So for 400 years, they'd be keeping the bones there until God brought them out. So now Moses comes from God, whose name is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God's promised this land in Canaan, and Moses is gonna be saying to you, okay, the time has come. The time that Joseph spoke about when God is gonna bring you out of Egypt. Remember, he talked about how God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob about you're gonna come out of here and go to that land, and the time has come to fulfill your vow. Get the bones ready, is what Moses was saying. Now, we can imagine at this point that Moses is just trembling with fear at the thought of him going to the Jewish people and telling them that I met with God. And they're gonna say, oh yeah, yeah, I met with God. And now we need to go meet with Pharaoh. And we're gonna ask Pharaoh to let us go. 
And God tells him in verse 16, he says, go gather the elders of Israel together, say unto them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I, I will surely visit you and seeing that which is done to you in Egypt. So we see God giving Moses a step-by-step. Moses, do this, gather them together, say this. This is the name of God, say this. We're gonna go to the Pharaoh, say this, let us go. And this just go and gather the elders together and tell them, you know, this is so kind of the Lord. This is so great. Whenever a traumatic situation, something happens, like you learn you have cancer, which I have learned that, or someone close to you has cancer, has died, which I have had, or you're just shattered for whatever reason. You know what you need? You need someone to take you by the hand and say, okay, get up in the morning and brush your teeth, and then go to this doctor's appointment, and come home, and oh, you should have made your bed. Make your bed, and then go to the doctor's appointment, and come home. That's a friend. That's a friend who's sensitive to what you're going through, and he helps you with the step-by-step when he sees you're shattered. And, and so you don't have to think. And this is what God is doing here with Moses. Moses, just go, step, just go, gather them together, say these words to him. I'm giving you the exact words. Just do it, Moses. And then God told Moses to tell them what the program was gonna be in verse 17. I have said I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, unto a land that's, that's flowing with milk and honey. Now, if that didn't sound terrifying enough to go to Pharaoh and to bring them out, letting them go, God wanted to tell them that, okay, I'm gonna bring you out of the affliction of Egypt to this land where these peoples are. And you know, it's like all yeah, the Hittites, all these ites, it's yike, the ites. <laughs> I mean, all these people, yeah, so who, who are all these people, these ites, what are they gonna do? They're just gonna move out of their land and say, oh, we've been waiting for you to come, so we've kept it nice for you. God's laying out for Israel that when you leave, leave Egypt and you come into Canaan, you're gonna have a whole new set of enemies to face. So he made it very clear, there's no bait and switch, very clear here to Israel that they're gonna have conflicts when they come out of Egypt. And that's how God makes it clear to us as well. Once a person repents and he turns to the Lord Jesus Christ and comes out of his sin, he's gonna have a whole new set of problems. And it says that in 2 Timothy 3.12. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And when you read the Sermon on the Mount, it's kind of terrifying because he says in in Matthew 5.10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. Persecuted? For there's the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. Revile me? And persecute you. And say all manner of evil against you falsely, all manner of evil against me falsely. And then in Matthew 10, 22, Matthew 10, 22, you shall be hated of all men. Hated? For my name's sake. But he that endureth the end shall be saved. But the good news is, is that at the end, there's this land that's flowing with milk and honey. So God promises Moses, Israel's gonna go with Moses, they're gonna go to Pharaoh. He says, he says in verse 18, they shall hearken to thy voice. Boy, I wish God would say that to me and to Israel Restoration Ministries. But anyways, this is the time when they did. And thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and you shall say unto them, the Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us. This is what they're supposed to say to Pharaoh. They're supposed to say to Pharaoh, 
The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Now let us go, we beseech thee, three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Now here, God does not tell Moses, Moses, don't say to Pharaoh that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob met with you. Just say the God of Hebrews. Well, why? Why can't I say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? That's an internal family name. That's, that's not for the outside. He, Pharaoh doesn't even know who these people are, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so forget about it. Instead, you just tell him the God of the Hebrews, and that's what you say. Now, actually, God met with Moses, but they were to say God met with us. Well, it shows us that when Moses is their leader, when God met with Moses, that was equivalent to God meeting with all of Israel. And then he says, you know, you ask him for three days, and Moses says, what? I thought you wanted me to bring him out of Egypt. What's the three days? Why, why do you want me to just ask for the three days leave of absence and to go into the wilderness to sacrifice to God? But why am I just supposed to do that? I, was supposed, I thought I was supposed to leave totally. And the, well, why did God do that? Well, that was just to show how adamant and how stubborn Pharaoh was gonna be here in not letting Israel even take the three days off. So God told Moses how Pharaoh was gonna respond. And I think it's so fantastic. I don't know why, I just love it. In verse 19, when God says, I'm sure, <laughs> that's what gets me. I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. It's like God says, let me think about it. Oh, I'm sure, Moses, <laughs> he's not gonna let you go. All right, so God tells Moses, when you go to, to Pharaoh, you're gonna be a failure. <laughs> you know, Here's your mission that you're gonna fail in, Moses. You're gonna be a total failure, but you, because Moses, uh, Pharaoh's not gonna agree with you. So why do I go? It's important that you go. It's important that you go, Moses. You're gonna fail, but you go. Now, that's exactly the way it is with Jewish evangelism because God told Ezekiel to go to the Jewish people, but God told Ezekiel, you will be a failure. You'll be a total failure, Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 3, verse 4. Ezekiel 3, verse 4. He said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee unto the house of Israel. Speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech or a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language whose words thou canst not understand. Surely, had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened to thee. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. So God tells Ezekiel, you go to the Jewish people, but God also told Ezekiel, they're not gonna respond, which is, sure enough, just like we find today. But it's important to bring the gospel to the Jewish people because God said, one day they will, and you need to be sowing the seed. So in the same way, just because God told Moses that Pharaoh was not gonna respond does not change the fact that God told Moses to go to Pharaoh. And God told Moses that he would have to stretch out his hand, he says, to crush Egypt before he lets him go. So what we've seen here in this precious passage of God calling Moses to go to Pharaoh and to go to the Jewish people and to go to Pharaoh is we've seen that for 40 years in Moses' life, Moses thought that Moses was something. And for the next 40 years, Moses thought that Moses was nothing. And now in the last 40 years, Moses is gonna learn that God is everything, and we've seen the patience of God as he's beginning him on this journey to learn that God is everything with the verse in 12, 10. Come now, therefore, and I'll send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much 
for your patience, your tender patience, Lord. Thank you for your patience with Moses. Thank you for your patience with us. And Lord, we pray that we won't be like Moses and hold on to arguments against you for long, but Lord, that we'll, we will begin to say, with God, all things are possible. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.